Well, well, welcome, my friends, to another edition of the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. This is Smoking and Toasting, and it's show number 66. That's uh, that's two-thirds of the beast, I believe. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, so my We're name is Chris. Old. <laughs> I am your host, yes, and, uh, and my uh, good friend and co-host is none other than Mr. Ian Barry. How are you, sir? Doing great today. How are you yeah. doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, hanging in there, hanging in there. I just got back from uh, a week's, you know, we did no show last week, but yep. we've had a number of weeks where we've done multiple shows, and this will be another one of those weeks. Where we'll do multiple shows, so we actually now, took. Now, last why week is off. that? Why are we doing multiple shows this week, Cruz? <laughs> uh, uh, you really want to talk about this? Heck yeah, uh, I want to talk about it. Ian I'm so and I excited. are going, and it's the first time we've ever been to the Big Smoke Las Vegas. So we're really excited about it. Uh, we've got some, uh, we believe, exciting interviews lined up. If people give us their final confirmations, which we're hoping for, and uh, you know, people have agreed to do it, but sometimes you know, everybody's got to check their schedule and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, assuming things work out, and then. And I, th- I think we're going to have a lot of people that we're able to pull in and interview. So I think we're going to do a number of shows. We will do at least one show live from Vegas while we are there, most likely on Saturday. So you can kind of watch for that if you like. And then we will uh, also probably be recording some interview segments that we'll be able to use during uh, future shows on down through uh, maybe the end of the year. So pretty excited about yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be great. It's a, a veritable who's who of the cigar industry will be there. And uh, now I've been to a big smoke before, but I've never been to the Vegas one, which is supposedly about two times the size of the ones that were in New York and that are in Miami and stuff and the ones that, that I've had a chance. I've been to two. I was uh, at one in Boston and one in New York, which I think was actually in New Jersey. But, you know, uh, uh, anyway, uh, that's that's uh, that's the big event every year for cigars is the Big Smoke in Vegas. And it's put on by Cigar Aficionado Magazine, and there's panels and all kinds of fun stuff. So My plans are to walk around and have drinks and smoke cigars and talk to people. <laughs> I in really case you're like, wondering what I'm going to do I there. I really like your plan. I think, you're, I think you really I'm kind of distilled to it to, you know, the perfect... The perfect idea, I, I think. I am so sticking to the plan. I like it. I like it very much. Uh, so I have noticed that we haven't started our timer on this segment, so I don't know how that's going to uh, how that's going to affect what we do. But I guess we'll do our best guess. And, and, uh, <laughs> that means we can uh, just keep going. There. Yeah, we'll just keep going. And we got a lot to talk about too. First of all, we want to remind you that the show is brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and opening on November twentieth, which is guess what. Right around the corner. It's four days away. November 20th in um, the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Very excited that uh, B&B is expanding to its second location and uh, that the people, and I know we have some listeners in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I'm excited that they're going to get excited a about that. chance to try the bacon. The bacon. The bacon's pretty amazing. <laughs> and everything else is amazing, too, but we're just particularly... You know, you would think bacon. blue cheese, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they add bacon to it, and it's just amazing. Yes, I know. <laughs> and that truffle stuff, truffle. whatever it is. Oh, my goodness. It's fantastic. So, thank you. Um, so, today's show, I thought, uh, would be... Since it's the last show we'll do before Thanksgiving, we will not actually do... Well, actually, that's not true. We'll do a show next Saturday. But we won't do a show on Thanksgiving Day. Normally, we post the shows on Thursday. Uh, we won't do a show on Thanksgiving Day, obviously, because we'll be spending time with family and stuff. So I thought, this is our last chance, really, to do pumpkin beers. 
Uh, and so we'll do a handful of pumpkin beers, uh, including the Wasatch Nitro Pumpkin Ale, the Martin House Cuvée Pumpkin Latte, the New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin, and the Dogfish Head. Is it just yeah, the Dogfish Head Pumpkin, ale? And, uh, pumpkin, pumpkin ale? ale? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, so we'll do that. Plus, <clears throat> bought a couple of other non-pumpkin beers because, after all, man cannot live on pumpkin alone. Uh, we will be uh, tasting at one of those really cool brewery collaborations. You know, Firestone, that uh, Firestone Brewing, or it's actually called Firestone Walker, is the Firestone full, Walker, yeah. full name of the company. Uh, great brewery. They kind of specialize in IPAs and hoppy things. Uh, they got together with Beaverton Brewing Company and did something called the West Side Bevo. It's an American pale lager, and we'll taste that on the show today. Interesting. It's a very limited release, so uh, it's one of those things that uh, if, if we... Describe it as something you like. You may want to run out and grab it immediately because it may, may start becoming hard to find. Uh, and then we'll also be taking the uh, tasting the Breckenridge Brewery NVP, not MVP, but NVP, their Nitro Vanilla Porter. And you mentioned you'd had their Vanilla Porter before. Oh, their Vanilla Porter is delicious. But it you is, haven't had the Nitro, right? Yes. And yeah, so that's going to be it interesting. Is, it is such a wonderful porter and then just huge vanilla profile. It's it's a, it's almost like a dessert in a well, beer, except for it's it's not quite as sticky as so that. So this NVP has um, one of those little, uh, I, I think I think it's why they call little it nitro, nitro ball, yeah. the little nitro thing in it, similar to how you may have had a can of Guinness uh-huh. somewhere Guinness before, draft where can. you open up the Guinness draft can right. and it pours across the nitro and that gives it the right sort of the, head. the, so the be, small silky bubbles is what mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, there. that's the very nitro. good. It's very good. It's, yep. p- it's part of the Guinness experience, mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting it to it taste it. It gives it that kind of creamier mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're getting ready for the Big Smoke Las Vegas. We'll talk a little more about that. Uh, I was going to ask you, though, with Thanksgiving on the way in, will you do anything, like, will you bring any special beers to Thanksgiving? Because everybody always is very, you know, everybody's always concentrating on the food. But for beer lovers, especially craft beer lovers, isn't this a great time <laughs> to break out something cool, right? It sure is. And I, I don't have it up and ready right now, but I saw that, that, um, that, uh, uh, um, oh, I'm blanking right now, that there's an uh, um, American style malt liquor made by, um, made by founders. Oh, by of founders. All people. Who, who, as far as I'm concerned, have never made a bad beer. Yes, I, you know. As far as I, I know, like everything I've tasted from there. Right, the raspberry one's a little bit too raspberry for mm-hmm. me, um, and not in the way that I particularly like. But everything else I, I, I love from them. Their old curmudgeon, their old ales, their uh, barley wines. Everything from them and is that, amazing. That uh, all day IPA is yes. probably the best of the sessionable. So IPAs. I will seek out their malt liquor and try it because <laughs> so that'll be your Thanksgiving beer. That's going to be my Thanksgiving beer. Well, what are you planning on bringing? Well, you know, I'm going to have I'm going to have a family over obviously and we actually do our Thanksgiving day thing the day after. Uh because everybody's got, you know, uh my stepson both have uh Girlfriend, fiance, wife, depending on which one you're talking mm-hmm. about. And um, so they've got other families to take. So my wife and I usually say, go be with the other families yeah. on Thanksgiving. We're actually going to like grill steaks and hot dogs on Thanksgiving Day. And then day after Thanksgiving, the kids will come over. So anyway, the, the boys are both fond of the, um, uh, the beer that I am such a, a total fan of, which is the... Uh, uh, See now I'm blanking. See now I did it. Has it been? Is it because it's been this long? Uh, The uh, the IPA, the Yellow Rose. The Yellow Rose, yes. uh, From uh, from our friends at Lone Pine, Uh, and that's my favorite (laughs) beer, and the boys love it. So I think I'll just have a bunch of cold. 
bottles of that. And then if anybody wants to try anything, you know, like a little more interesting, I've got all these beers that I bought like for the show and been saving. And uh, so I may try one of those. And I may try what you've given me. And we will sample this later on, on, uh, you know, later in the month of December, most likely. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, But Ian just brought me, because he knows how much I love Anchor's Christmas beers, and he has brought me, I guess you found a six-pack. I did find a a six-pack. The Merry Christmas, Happy New Year 2017 from Anchor. And so I'm very excited to try it. And it's interesting because it's different every year. And last year's was one of my favorite Christmas beers I have ever had from anyone. And it's different every year. So So unlike like one of my favorites is a St. Arnold's Christmas ale, which is the same every year. And you haven't seen that one out yet, have you? Oh, yeah. No, I've been drinking a lot. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, well, pardon me. (laughs) I'm deeply involved with that one. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like... You you would say I'm invested at this point. We always complain about how early people put up the Christmas decorations. Yes. You know, and, and how you can go into, you know... Home Depot the the week before Arbor Day and the Christmas tree display is already up and it's it's a little frustrating but I'm not necessarily frustrated by the trend of releasing the seasonal beers a little ahead of the season. Well, and St. Arnold always uh, St. Arnold always releases their season. I love their whole winter seasonal uh, mm-hmm. beers starting from Oktoberfest especially to the uh, to the Christmas ale, which I just is unbelievable to me. I love and that And my favorite is the Sailing Santa. The Sailing Santa, which is yeah. which is nice. And then they also have their Stout, which will be coming out, I think, in December. Mm. And mm. they're just their their winter seasonal season is awesome for me. I love it. So there's a lot going on uh, that we want to talk about on the show today. I'm going to uh, wait until the next segment to ask you about what you smoked. I smoked a lot. This last week because I was on vacation, so I just you know had plenty of opportunities to light up. So we'll get to that. I want to talk about um, uh, the new Cuba policy. Uh, President Trump has announced his new Cuba policy, and it changes some things from where Obama left things. And so this is about as political as we'll get on the show, which is to tell you how things have changed and how it affects uh, cigar smokers. So uh, we'll tell you about that. Plus, uh, the the also in the political world, the new Republican tax plan, should it be passed and go into effect, will slash craft beer brewery taxes in a big way. So we'll tell you about that and what that could mean for craft beer drinkers uh, also coming up on the show. And then, of course, we want to give you our uh, regular update on Take Craft Back which is the movement that is on Kickstarter this movement. Uh, to uh, try to raise enough money to buy Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> what it's is such it, 216 a billion or yeah, whatever it is? Yeah, it's such a brilliant yeah. idea, though. Yeah, not a bad thing. Uh, as of this morning, $3,488,000. I'm sorry. Three million four hundred eighty-eight thousand and eighty dollars. That's incredible. Been raised, so yeah, you know, it's not a lot when you consider how big the goal is. But I don't know that it's there's a time though. limit on this. You know, uh, if you want to uh, find out more, if you want to get involved, or if you want to pledge, and they give you some really cool stuff. I don't know if they are serious or not. I mean, I'm sure if they raise the money, they'll make an offer. But uh, but really, I think it's more about pulling together, pulling people together around the idea of craft beer. And so they have some very cool take craft back kind of uh, merchandise and stuff that they give you if you pledge. So it's 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 a pretty good deal, like a lot of Kickstarter uh, campaigns will do. So uh, you want to find out more, you can go to takecraftback.com. And uh, also today, <clears throat> there's a new tequila out. And Ian, it's, I'm, I'm just going to go in and say I'm going to ask you for this for Christmas this year. What do you got? Will you will you buy me the new Patron? The new Patron? Yes. 
It's okay. Just, it's, I, just seven thousand five hundred. Seven grand. Oh, seventy five hundred dollars. So done. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to think that we could find a way to justify buying a bottle and tasting it on the show. Because what does seventy five hundred dollar tequila taste like anyway? Yeah. I don't know either. Somebody enlighten us. <laughs> if you have, we'll fly you in. It'd be cheaper. You can tell us what it tastes right. like. Right. Uh, all right. So uh, so coming up, uh, the next segment of the show, we'll find out uh, what Ian's been smoking this week, and we'll do our first tasting. We'll try this uh, Westside Bevo American Pale Lager. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's segment number two of Smoking and Toasting number 66, the show we've decided to title It's the Great Pumpkin Beer, Charlie Brown. There you go. Uh, and uh, we will be getting to some pumpkin beers later on in the show. I was just saying that I have to remember that we're on Facebook Live during uh, the breaks, that we don't, you know, we don't cut the audio from from Facebook Live, right? Yes, that's so right. So it still rolls. So I'm, you know, and videos still going too, as far as I know. So don't scratch yourself in weird places. Yes, and 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 I got to stop, uh, you know, telling everybody about you know Bobby's prescriptions and stuff. So you know, that's that's <laughs> a, that's a, yeah, exactly. Because uh, I'm just realizing people can actually hear that. That was <laughs> that was not just between us here. Uh, okay, so it's smoking and toasting. We have a lot of beer to taste today because we're going to do a whole segment on uh, pumpkin beers. But before we get there, I've been really excited uh, to taste this. This is Firestone Walker and Beaverton Brewing Company's Westside Bevo American Pale Lager, not a pale ale. But a pale lager, so a difference in how the fermentation is handled, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how this plays out. These guys, of course, their IPA is one of the better-known IPAs like in um, in that part of the country. This, they're from Paso Robles, California, and it's one of the better-known IPAs from that part of the country. So it's very interesting to see um, what you know what this is going to taste like. I'm I'm really curious. So, well, have you done any research on this yet? Okay, I'm not really curious. I've done research. <laughs> but I'm really curious to see how you respond to it, Ian. That's, a, that's my biggest one. So tell me, what your, tell me what your initial thinking is on the first whiff. Um, this is wheatier. Wheatier. Do you think because it's a lager rather than an ale? I would uh, assume so. It's, I don't, I don't know pleasant. that that means it's wheatier. It's pleasant, though. It's, uh, it's nice up front kind of round flavor. It's got a nice lingering finish that's uh, that's pleasant. It's a very interesting can. It's actually a very busy uh, graphic that has some musical instruments and some devils and what looks like a uh, maybe a skeletal lion there. I, I don't even know how to describe it. I'll hold it up to the uh, to the camera here, and you can kind of take a look. There's also a lot of reflection there, but let me see if I can back it off here a little and you can see it. Um, but, you know, it, it's a very interesting can. I really like this, though. It was a nice change of pace for me from IPAs and pale ales. Still getting some hoppiness, but not, um, uh, you know, but not exactly the same kind of taste. And I think you're right. It's that weediness yeah. that makes it taste different. I'm not a huge fan of wheat beer, but I do like the flavors that are in this. This is it, it was kind of a when I when I took a sip of this, it was one of those experiences when you expect Dr Pepper and you get Sprite. It's it's not what you expected. Right. Um so it takes a minute so to it reorient. Took a second, your and by the second buttons, yeah. sip, I was like, "Okay, that is 
pretty good actually. Yeah, 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 I enjoy that. Yeah, so I would I would drink this. Firestone, definitely. you know, one of the I things I am drinking this actually. One of the things, uh, much like Stone, who is also known for their IPAs, Firestone's IPAs and their pale ales are very hoppy. This is actually less hoppy than uh, Firestone's IPA in my I would in my I would take, put this so. pretty low on the hop yeah. uh, profile. You can actually. taste them in there for sure. The wheat right mm-hmm. up front, and there's definitely a hop finish on it, but it's it's a nice lingering wheat with a slight bit of malt sweetness to the aftertaste. It's really kind of nice. It really is nice. And the more and I drink little, it, the more I like it. A little bit of citrus on the finish, too. A little citrus, which, uh, yeah, I'll go with that. Which it, it, not as much as some other like sessionable IPAs, but it's definitely there. It's definitely there. So, all right, uh, Ian, that's uh, that's pretty good stuff. I think we're going to give it a thumbs up here. I give it and a thumbs up. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of pretty good stuff, I know I smoked a great cigar this week, but I'm really curious as to what you might have smoked that was interesting. What did I smoke? Well, actually, so I uh, didn't have a chance to stop and, and really work out a cigar. So this morning, I stopped by Casa de Monte Cristo right ah, up the road. See, I love it. So you do yeah, this. it's so close. It's right to before here. the show. And uh, and picked out a cigar that a buddy of mine was talking about just the other day. He 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 even made a point. He's like, "This is a great cigar. I just have to tell you about it." So I picked up a uh, Crowned Heads, um, a Crowned Heads uh, Four Kicks, and the size that I got was a Corona Gordo, which was kind of a long Corona, it was a five five and a half by uh, forty six. So it was kind of a small ring gauge for me. This is an Ecuador Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers and binders. Uh, kind of a milk chocolate, but almost a reddish, slightly milk chocolate finish uh, on the on or color to the uh, to the cigar itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the it had a great firm kind of feel to it, like it really really felt like a good quality cigar. The pre light sniff was uh, very traditional tobacco, very uh, earth, very cedar. The pre-light draw was effortless. You get uh, some creamy flavors and added a little bit of leather to those other things and a little sweetness to it that I wasn't expecting. Um, the initial light was mild. Really? Yeah. For a crown head. Most cigars, the initial light is always a little stronger than the... Uh, than the um, right, it kind of settles in. Than the cigar, and it settles yeah. in. But this actually started off real mild and just like ramped right into a nice medium cigar. The first third of this thing... Um, was very traditional tobacco. It's almost like they. Uh, I started reading up on it, and they compare it to a, a very um, Cuban cigar kind of um, profile. Yeah, profile kind of uh, event going on there, and uh, so much cedar in the in the flavor, and I love that. It had this just great cedar dryness. The traditional tobacco with some spice, but not like not like hot spicy spice, but just kind of flavory spice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really nice. Some leather going on in there. The the ash lasted to the through the whole first third of the cigar before it dropped. The second third of the cigar um, gave me a little more spice overall, but still more of the same. It's very complex flavors. There's a lot going on in it. The ash, again, lasted that whole third of the cigar. So apparently that that's wow. how long the ash goes on this thing. The, uh, the last bit of this, it was even more flavorful, like even more like big. It didn't get... It never got to a real full flavored cigar. It's always in the medium range, but kind of on the top end of medium range with the spice and the um, and the fullness of the flavor. Mm-hmm. Nice silky smoke to it. Um, really enjoyed it. Smoked it uh, all the way down to where, not quite burning my fingers, but you know I was I, I got my money's worth out of a cigar, and I'm going to give that one a solid seven point five. Interesting on the price yeah. versus quality index because I paid seven dollars and seventy cents for that cigar. And I would have been really happy even if I paid $10. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
I wanted to mention that one of the cigars I enjoyed the most this week, I think I've already reviewed on the show, but you gave me one of those um, um, uh, Arturo Fuente uh, pyramid, that really nice thing. Right, right. Uh, uh, a torpedo cigar that was, uh, was cedar wrap. Cedar wrap, right, right. Yes. That was the. Uh. The, the Fuente uh, Reserva. Oh man, Ian, that cigar is so good. <laughs> that was good. a that was kind of like my special occasion cigar while I was uh, on vacation. I was like, okay, tonight I'm lighting this one up, and yep. it was it was well worth the anticipation and the wait. But I've already reviewed that one, and it's fantastic. By the way, just in case you missed that show. But guess what? I uh, decided to talk about. I love. I loved this cigar. It was probably my second favorite of the uh, vacation to the one that I just mentioned. It's the Jericho Hill OBS Robusto from Crowned Heads. <laughs> we both did a Crown Heads <laughs> yes, this week. That's and had awesome. no idea. Isn't that funny? Uh, so uh, Jericho Hill is a Crowned Heads brand right. line, uh, a line of theirs. And OBS actually stands for Orange Blossom Special. You know the Johnny Cash song, nice. Orange Blossom Special, the big country, uh, mostly instrumental uh, song. Um, it's got a San Andreas Maduro wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and fillers, and it is a beautiful cigar. This was a Robusto, box-pressed, um, a very rich Pre-light draw and aroma, earthy, even a little bit nutty on the pre-light, which nutty is not necessarily a thing you can get very often before you light the cigar, at least in my you know, limited understanding mm-hmm. of, of flavors and aromas. So, but but it even smelled a little nutty and just on that first uh, uh, n- uh, unlit draw. So what I really found interesting about the cigar is it was very interesting and complex from the very first puff. You talked about how some cigars start a little stronger and then mellow out. Mm-hmm. I also find that cigars have a tendency to start more with one note and then they develop Moving into more complexness. Else, right? Well, this baby was complex from the very first uh, puff and I could tell that I was going to really, uh, really enjoy it. It had notes of black pepper, uh, solid, earthy kind of core to it, a little bit of sweetness on the palate the way a really good Maduro will uh, sometimes have. I was very impressed. It was medium-bodied all the way, extremely complex, and I'll be honest, a little hard to describe. Like, I was getting flavors <laughs> kind of coming and going. I was like, is that tangerine? No, no I, I don't know what that was. You know, you, you know, have, you, <laughs> right. have you done that before when you smoke? It's like, like, I really like that, but I have no idea how to, how to describe it. So, overall, a very nice smoking experience. Highly recommended. Price to quality, I'm going to give it a 6.5. It's about a $9 cigar, so a little more expensive. And for a Robusto, not for mm-hmm. a larger. So I'm going to go, okay, price to quality, eh, I'll, I'll give it a six, uh, six and a half, maybe. But I tell you, I highly recommend it. It's Because remember, that, that means it outdid expectations. Right. You know? At five, you're getting exactly you're getting what you exactly paid for. What Anything for. above exactly. five is way more than you paid yeah. for. So that's uh, so I was pretty excited so about it. It's a good it. day for Crown Heads on It our really show. was. I don't think I've ever had anything by them that has been like less than pretty, yeah, pretty you know, fantastic. It's it's sort of like, you know, there's those handful of brands mm-hmm. that everything I've never had a casada I didn't like. Right. You know, uh, I'm trying to think uh, some others. Like you take a brand like Arturo Fuente, for example. I've had some amazing smokes mm-hmm. from Arturo Fuente. And I, I wouldn't say I've had some that I don't like, but I've had some that I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Right. I go, no, for the money, go go over here. And then, of course, the ones like I mentioned that you gave me. I mean, that I don't know, I don't know what that cost. You gave it to me as a gift, but if you told me $18, I'd go, worth it. 
You know, it's that good <laughs> yeah, of a cigar. Great. Yeah, great. it's that good of a cigar. So, um, so I I do like when you can say an entire brand like everything I've had from that brand. I would recommend. Yeah, that's that's know? nice when you have that. That's band. That's that's brand like quality showing and, through, and 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 a little bit of uh, brand loyalty. My father's cigars. When I my father's of, one of those. I've yeah. never had one that I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. Uh, there are some maybe that are a better deal than others from a price standpoint, but never had a my father that I wouldn't recommend. So, and uh, and so so there's a lot of that. That'd be an interesting list. What are the maybe we could come up with that for a future show? Brands. What that you would can't be the top five cigar. brands that we've never had one? That, that didn't meet or exceed expectations. Right. That'd be an interesting list. Okay, so a lot to go still on the program. Uh, you brought a really interesting-looking whiskey there, sir. What is that? Boondocks. Oh. American whiskey. Well, I am a boondock saint, so we'll, uh, we'll come back to that uh, momentarily. Plus, Apple has removed the Where to Smoke app from the App Store. What? And we have to talk about it because it's P.S. This is Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 66. It's the great pumpkin beer, Charlie Brown. And we'll be getting to the pumpkin beers coming up in uh, another segment here in just a few moments. So this is a great injustice, and we have to talk about it. And normally, I will tell you, I'm an Apple guy when it comes to the great, you know, Apple versus Android phone debate and which ecosystem uh, is best and which, um, you know, Apple versus Microsoft. Certainly I'm an Apple guy. But I have to say, Apple has now ticked me off and they've got me wondering if my loyalties are misplaced. Apple has deleted the Where to Smoke app from the Apple Store. It's one of my favorite apps. It's gone. It's the app from Cigar Aficionado. And according to the magazine, despite their best efforts to inform Apple of what the app is actually about and change the decision, the app is no longer available. Apple claimed that Where to Smoke, which is the name of the app, which points users toward cigar-friendly locations. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sell cigars. That's all it does, by yeah. the way. It tells you where you can smoke right. a cigar. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like if if you took Google Maps or Apple's Maps and you took everything off of it except for places where you can smoke cigars. Yes, you and know? not even necessarily places where you can buy cigars, but right. places where you can smoke. Cigars. Which is the whole deal because there are so many places where. You know, it's not cool for you to smoke. So right. if you're a smoker, you're looking for a place where you can go and you're not going to bother right. people. And then and you don't bother okay. non-cigar right. smokers. I use this app all the time, particularly mm-hmm. when I'm in other cities. Particularly. And uh, uh, so Where to Smoke is a reader service, according to the uh, the editor of Cigar Aficionado uh, uh, magazine. He said, but this is David versus Goliath, and it's a disgrace. It's a reader service provided free of charge to allow our fellow cigar lovers to find cigar-friendly locations. The fact that Apple Bandit is an outrage, it's not only a disservice to our large readership, but an affront on free speech and the rights of Americans to enjoy a legal adult yes, product. cigars are legal. Yeah. You Apple, just go buy them. Apple claims that the app... Even though it doesn't sell cigars, is in violation of its policy regarding uh, tobacco use. Uh, Apple continues to allow apps that promote, among other things, how to find marijuana. Okay, 
now I want to pause you for a second because I just put up the app store right now. Mm-hmm. Leaf Fly comes up first. That's to find dispensaries. Mm-hmm. Weed Map. Okay. That's described as That's the largest next. and most comprehensive marijuana directory and discovery resource How to find your on weed. the planet. Bud Farm is a strategy game that shows you how that, that you can go in and uh, create a weed farm. I mean, there's tons of these on here. Marijuana, lifestyle apps, how to grow marijuana. All these things are happening here, but you can't figure out where to smoke a cigar. Cigar aficionado was told by Apple. We continue to find that your app promotes the use of tobacco or nicotine-related paraphernalia, including but not limited to cigars, cigarettes, pipes, hookahs, or e-cigarettes, which is not permitted on the App Store. This is uh, the actual language of an email written by a representative from Apple uh, to M. Shankin Communications, the owner of Cigar Aficionado. Now, a couple things. First of all, if you've already downloaded the app onto your iPhone, it will continue to work. Uh, it will continue. You can continue to use it, and you can continue. You can continue to see new locations that Cigar Aficionado adds, although it won't get any more updates like new designs or bug fixes or anything like that. So you won't be able to ever update the app, but it will if Cigar Aficionado lists a new tobacco-friendly location uh, for smoking. It will show up in your app if you've already got it, and you can also access it. In other ways, uh, if you are an iPhone user, you can access it on your phone by opening up your web browser and Googling where to smoke because it's part of the Cigar Aficionado website. Works just like the app does. It's just a little more difficult. You've got to go through a few more to. steps to yep. get to it. Yep. And of course, you can do that on your computer. And if you have an Android phone, you can get the Where to Smoke app in the Google Play Store and it's it's free of charge. So uh, here's, here's my problem with this. Not only is it a complete, like, ridiculous thing to do when you're allowing the weed. And by the way, I don't have any problem with them allowing the weed apps. Doesn't matter to me. It's it's fine with me. But what's so ridiculous is why is it not cool for Apple to have an app where they can tell people who are adults that they can go enjoy a product that's legal. But it is okay for Apple to sell music and movies where they talk about consuming tobacco mm-hmm. to sell music and movies that, you know, advocate violence against women. Have you heard a hip-hop song lately? Like, that's okay, Apple. You don't have a stance against that, but you have a stance against I am seriously considering getting an Android phone. I really am. Uh, you know, this might actually be the last straw for me because I've been Android and then I went to Apple for a while mm-hmm. and and tried it out. Uh, both of my brothers are Apple fans and uh, and I tried it out and I've never been over the top about it. It's an okay thing, but I, I got to tell you, I like. I think I might be going back to Android after this, just because, just the idea of it. You know, you can find on here like the the weed thing uh, again. I don't care, right? Like if if you smoke weed, but to take an app off that allows you to find a place where you can go smoke a cigar and it's acceptable and it's legal and it's legal in every single state, right? Every single state, it's legal. Right. Okay. But they leave on multiple apps that allow you to find weed, marijuana, pot. I mean, all these names are on there, and that's fine with me. Again, I don't care that much. But they leave that on there, and you can and go find that. And it's not in legal states. in yeah. quite a few states. Right. So, yeah. I, I, again, not to pick on the, uh, the marijuana fans. I, I have no issue with you. But 
Um, I just think it's total BS from Apple. Now, I just hope that they don't decide to pull all of those, and then we have a whole bunch of uh, angry (laughs) stoners. I tell you what I will do. I will give Apple some time (laughs) to come to their senses. I hope so. Yeah, and and maybe they will. Maybe all they need is just some good whiskey. It's possible. Uh, Let's see if we have some good whiskey on hand. You've got a bottle of this Boondocks whiskey. Oh, nice. That was a good pop. That was a very good pop. (laughs) Uh, What can you tell me about this whiskey, Ian? This is new, right? This this is new. new. uh, You told me to bring a whiskey today, and uh, I said, okay. And then I left the house, and I went and smoked a cigar, and I totally forgot to bring a whiskey. Ah. So, <laughs> so I used my Google. and um, Where to buy whiskey. <laughs> where to buy whiskey. We need an app. Uh, and I found a Specs close by, which is one of the larger stores here in Texas, um, and went by there and talked to a nice gentleman named Matt, mm-hmm. Matthew, uh, and he kind of recommended a few different ones to me. And I hadn't tried the Boondocks one before. He said it's pretty much a uh, vanilla bomb. Ooh, I said I like so vanilla. I'm gonna like it. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah. we got to chatting a little bit, and of course I dropped my cards. I was like, listen to it. He goes, I know what I'm doing on my break. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, he was a really nice guy. So anyway, uh, so I ended up with this bottle. It looked good. Like it's it's beautiful. This is a very light. It's a very light amber straw. color. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, straw uh, is a good way to. Uh, the to bottle's say it, yes. real classy. It's got I like the B embossed in the mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. the uh, bottom oh, of the bottle. Nice. It's just yeah, it's just like the little Ooh, the little nice. touches. It looks like a flask, only bigger. And that's kind of cool, too. Ooh, interesting. It, I haven't tried it. it. I just popped it open. I've never had this before. So I have not sipped it yet, but I just uh, did the whole breathing nose thing. And what I'm finding, first of all, is uh, it's never a good idea to actually snort the whiskey into your nostril. Well, but so maybe there's a maybe there's a nose feel for whiskey that we don't know about. Maybe not. I may have to well, like bail out of this segment. While you're second. working for a no, second. What I was going to say, though... Is that it was a very mild flavor, very enjoyable, but very mild was the aroma, not the flavor, because I haven't tasted yet. Uh, but I found it to be, you know how some uh, whiskeys, you'll you'll get even on the initial nose, you'll get a little bit of the peat, a little bit of the uh, vanilla if it's a mm-hmm. vanilla bomb. I just got this sort of pleasant whiskey uh, uh, sort of vibe from from the nose. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or well, I, I do. I do know exactly because what you're I just about. snorted it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be smelling Thank you, that Facebook the rest, Live. the rest yeah. of the day. Thankfully, oh. I like it. It's pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> so I just tried it. This has a big oily kind of feel to it. I like that in a whiskey because it mm-hmm. kind of coats the mouth and you get to really enjoy the flavors. Um, but this has such a nice. This is a very light tasting. Even though it has that oiliness to it, it has a very light. It is a lighter tasting, tasting um, but I like it. It's a very drinkable, light tasting whiskey, and straight up, a, there's very little heat to it at al- all. Almost a honey, a uh, uh, little bit of honey. And what honey. I taste is a lot. He's uh, Matthew is right. This is a vanilla bomb. I love like it. there's a lot of vanilla right up front, but it finishes oddly enough with some banana and a little little hint of maybe mocha or chocolate, just a tiny little snap of it. This is totally on the retro hail. This is totally will. going into my bar. Oh yeah, this, this is, is my kind of whiskey. This is a yeah. good whiskey. I like it very much. So, I also so what do we know about Boondocks? Well, it wasn't very pricey. It was less than forty dollars for the bottle. It was mm-hmm. about thirty-six, I think, dollars for the bottle. And after just the initial taste of this, I think this is a pretty, this is a pretty good find. They're from Bardstown, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of uh, information on the. Um, on the bottle, although it does have the name of the master distiller. It is, yeah, uh, it's a very minimalist yeah. bottle. Yeah, very minimalist, but boy, do I like it. That is just a, uh, 
That's just an exceptional whiskey. Yeah, and the finish just makes you want more. And I'm willing to bet that this goes great with a lot of beers. And I bet it go great with some cigars as well. Yes, as and long especially as especially the big vanilla profile yes, like that. That's yes. going to go great with mm-hmm. any mild to medium that's mm-hmm. not too spicy. I think right as long as, as long as the spice characteristics are not too overwhelming. Right, I agree. I don't know if I take it if I drink it with a diesel, but no, uh, probably not so much. Not with I, the man of war. But I think I think anything that's got a uh, uh, you know, a good sort of medium-bodied profile, uh, and certainly for some of the lighter cigars, it would stand up very nicely. This leaves a taste on your lips too that just just stays there. Like you lick your lips in a minute there, and it's just that sweet whiskey, vanilla flavor. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. And I'll tell you what else I can attest to. What's that? It leaves a very interesting flavor in your nose as well. If you were trying to like take your first whiff of the cigar and <laughs> snort just, it into your you nose, just go ahead and spill the some. way that I did. So, so the nose feel you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just, can you imagine how embarrassed I would be if, like, Christopher Hart and Yuante Curry were here? And I'm over here trying to be cool, trying to be cool, uh, you know, taking in the aroma of the whiskey, and I snorted it up this, my nose. This is Chris would be we've, falling down. We've evolved the, the whiskey sniff to the whiskey snort now. Yeah. <laughs> I think that works. The whiskey sniff and the whiskey snort, both coming soon to an event near you. All right, you're listening to Smoking and Toasting. We are going to return uh, with more beer and then. In our final segment, we'll be uh, we'll be tasting four pumpkin ales in our final segment. Plus, uh, going to answer your questions about the new Cuba policy. Pretty interesting and fairly straightforward. We can tell you what you need to know coming up at Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. By the way. That's the suffers. They have a new song that's going to be on the new album that they have out, I think, on their SoundCloud page. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there was a link to it in a uh, an article that uh, my wife forwarded me yesterday. So pretty good stuff. So if you're looking for new suffers music, they rock. They're absolutely awesome. So... Okay, so if you are, you're listening to Smoking and Toasting, by the way, we're brought to you by uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, Texas, opening in four days. I haven't checked with them to see if they're still on schedule, but that was the original scheduled date, so I'm going with it until I hear otherwise. <laughs> so, uh, and Road Trip will be happening, uh, certainly... After the first of the year, if we can't get it, uh, if we can't get it done, before I bet that's why we haven't been able to get hold of Jeremy. I have a feeling that, uh, yeah, I have a feeling there's a lot going on with the B and B folks. So, all right, so you uh, you know, of course, if you're a cigar smoker and you pay attention to any of the things that have been going on with Cuba, you know that President Obama, uh, before he left office. Uh, relaxed the uh, restrictions on Cuba. Uh, it became easier to go there and visit. Mm-hmm. It became legal to bring back Cuban cigars, Cuban rum for your own enjoyment. Uh, and this also, by the way, affects um, uh, duty-free shops. Because when I was in Mexico, coming back from the in the duty-free shop uh, in Mexico City, uh, I, I was able to buy uh, Cuban cigars mm-hmm. if I wanted. And I'll tell you a quick little story. On the way uh, down, I saw the uh, Cuban rum that we had at um, at Manny's place. At Manny's place, uh, yes. And I was nice. like, "Oh, I got to get El some Cubano of this." Cigars. But they couldn't sell it to me because I wasn't leaving the country. And oh, so I was like, "Okay, I'm going to get some when I leave." And wouldn't you know, they were out of it everywhere. Oh. They were just out of it. They had plenty of rums, but I wanted that Havana Club, and they uh, they didn't have it. So it wasn't expensive, by the way, at all. 
Yeah, was, and it was it was quite. I was going to buy a bottle for you and a bottle for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how cheap it was. I was nice. actually going to be a, a, a good friend. <laughs> you know, anything you can do. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, President Trump has now made the he's kind of stepped back some of the things that Obama had opened up. So. What is it like now? We're here to answer your questions about the new Cuba policy. Um, th- uh, many of those allowances that were installed between November 2014 and 2016 will remain, including the rules that pertain to cigars. But here are the things you need to know. If you're an American citizen wanting to know, can you still buy Cuban cigars? The answer is yes. Americans can still buy Cubans and bring them back to the United States. Uh, There are uh, new rules on Cuban cigars, but they do not affect your ability to buy them and bring them back for personal consumption. Now, can you buy Cuban rum and bring it back to the U.S.? Uh, That depends on the rum. The Obama-era allowances on bringing back Cuban rum for personal consumption remain in place, but... Two Cuban rum brands have been placed on the restricted list. Ron Caney and Ron Varadero are now off-limits to U.S. consumers. The island's major brand, Havana Club and Santiago, are still okay to buy. And the reason, I think, is because of uh, where the money goes in terms of the government. Uh, So that's why some are restricted and some are not. By the way, Ron Caney rums that are not from Cuba are still obviously legal to buy in the U.S. Uh, As an American, will you still be able to travel to Cuba? The answer is yes, but it will be considerably harder than it was before. It's been illegal for American tourists to go to Cuba uh, to travel there ever since the U.S. imposed its full embargo back in 1962. The Obama-era changes made traveling there far easier. President Trump has rolled back some of those allowances. Most notably, he put an end to individual people-to-people travel, which allowed Americans to travel to Cuba and keep your own agenda. Agenda. That system was the easiest legal way to go to Cuba as an American, uh, with one Cuban expert describing it as the honor system on steroids. Uh, the days of Americans keeping their own agenda on trips to Cuba are gone. Group people-to-people travel, where an American joins a trip organized by a tour group that operates under a specific uh, structure, uh, is going to remain legal. So if you want to know what people-to-people travel is, those are trips that Americans uh, take to Cuba that include meetings with Cuban locals. Uh, Specifically, according to the Treasury Department, these trips must maintain a full-time schedule of educational exchange activities that are intended to to enhance contact with the Cuban people, support civil society, society in Cuba, and promote the Cuban people's independence from the Cuban authorities. So, So how can an American legally visit Cuba? And here you go. These are your 12 categories. Number one, family visits. Number two, official business of the U.S. government, foreign governments, and certain intergovernmental organizations. Number three, journalistic activity. Number four, professional research and professional meetings. Number five, educational activities. Number six, religious activities. Number seven, uh, so like missionaries, for example, Mm -hmm. could go. Uh, Number seven, public performances, clinics, workshops, athletic and other competitions and exhibitions. Number eight, support for the Cuban people. I wonder if that includes, like, I'd like to support you by buying some of your rum and cigars. Rum and cigars, right? <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty broad uh, one. Yeah. Humanitarian projects, activities of private foundations or research or educational institutes. Uh, number 11, expiration, importation, or transmission of information or informational materials. And number 12, certain authorized, authorized export transactions. So, 
I think we fall under three or four there. Yeah, I think you can find ways to go. They've just made it. It's not going to be as easy as it was. It's not going to be certainly as easy as traveling to you know, Nicaragua or the Dominican right, Republic right. or something like that. You're going to have to show a little more. So, uh, but anyway, there's there's your update. I wanted to wanted to give everybody the lowdown on that, and we will have a link, by the way, to an FAQ on all of that uh, that will be in the show notes. So you can find it uh, on our YouTube page. Speaking of YouTube page, I know you and Adam have been working. Adam is on the wheels of steel today. Uh, you and Adam have been working on the YouTube page, and uh, he's got it really shined up and looking nice. Is that right? I'm actually going to take all the credit for it, but Adam did all okay, the work. Okay, good. That's that's the way that it actually he actually should did be. all the work. Yep, yes. that's the way that it should be. Uh, <laughs> So, like, but no, it looks great though. But, yeah, but I, I what, what are the, some of the changes? Is it easier to navigate. Well, when you first off, when show? you search smoking and toasting, it's going to come up as smoking and toasting. It's going to come up the right way, mm-hmm. and it's going to have the uh, the list of all the episodes. Mm. And I believe we're still going to be working on getting some of those earlier ones up with slideshows before we were doing videos, stuff like that. So, and we may be tweaking it here and there. Uh, mm-hmm. I sound like the official voice. Like I said, Adam's doing all the work. This is dance, <laughs> but always it. say always say we. You know, <laughs> right, we, we. That makes it sound we're like doing you were this. Yeah. We're making this happen. So, but yeah. So now, if you if you go on YouTube and you uh, pull it up, um, you'll be able to find us pretty easily and, and uh, figure out which episode you want. And uh, and we're going to work on tagging those episodes, making sure that you you want to hear about certain things. Uh, and and then I'm going to work on maybe uh, going through all the episodes and coming up with the most ridiculous quotes that I've come up with. Oh, excellent! I love and that. See idea. what I can yeah. <laughs> see what kinda, I can put. Kind of reminds me of uh, <laughs> some of the jerks that I used to work for back in the old uh, corporate radio. I days. remind you of some of the jerks. Well, you used to just work for? what you were just doing with uh, with with Adam there uh, dance did because puppet, dance. I, I just remember when when uh, they would have an idea that that worked. Uh, you know, and and went on. It was always well. I decided, and I came up with this. <laughs> and if one of us did, it was my team and I have discovered. Yes. Yeah, yeah, nice, That's nice awesome. going, you jerk. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's try some nitro vanilla porter, shall we? This is a tall can. Ooh, I guess because of the nitro, that was extra special. Yep. Yeah, I hope we were recording that. That might be a good one to I'm say. I'm pretty sure I put that one on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Got to open it up a little bit with my. That almost sounded like when you see the Bush commercials on television. Oh, right. they, oh, supposedly those cans are making all that extra special noise. I've right. had Bush before; it didn't make that. That's noise. what a microphone with a lot of compression will do. By yeah, the way, yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so this is the Nitro Vanilla Porter. It is from Breckenridge Brewery, which is in Littleton, Colorado. And you said that you've had their vanilla porter before, correct? I have had their vanilla porter. The vanilla porter is amazing. I was turned on to Breckenridge actually from my dad. Rest his soul, miss that guy. Um, he loved Breckenridge uh, Stout. Like, oh, that was just like one of his absolute go-to beers. He even went, uh, uh, my parents drove across the country after he retired, and he even decided that they had to go to the Breckenridge Brewery. Oh, Enjoyed nice. Enjoyed it, talked nice. about it for, That's great. forever. Um, and so I got turned on to Breckenridge, uh, and I think they make such great beers. As a matter of fact, one of the best um, gateway craft beers that I know of mm-hmm. is their agave wheat. Really? You know, as yeah, a craft beer yeah. drinker, to me, that beer is is okay. But it's a great gateway from, hey, uh, if you usually drink the big macro brews, this is a good gateway into your, oh, let's it, have a little it, more flavor right, in the right. same kind of profile. Kind of the way I always looked at, like, Sam Adams Boston Lager. Right, or, right. Uh, uh, what is the... Um, uh, the if you live in Texas, your gateway beer was probably Shiner Shiner Bach. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a great beer like that. And I've had their vanilla porter. The vanilla porter is delicious. If you like porters, it's amazing. It's it's a high vanilla profile, obviously. Porter. It's a great traditional porter with just tons of vanilla going on in it. Well, this nitro is uh, sounds like maybe it's a bubbly version 
of what you just described. Take a taste and see what you think. Right. So what the nitro does is it gives you smaller bubbles, which gives you that nice creamy mouthfeel. It's a and different mouthfeel, isn't it? And yes. it does and, and because of that, it does change the profile a bit, mm-hmm. you know? It really does. Um, it's it's a little sweeter than I was expecting. I want you to think of it like an onion. Okay. This uh, is, I just you wanted just, to hear that. Totally throw me. Totally threw me there. No, it's well, a like the difference, sweeter the than difference I was between how uh, an onion has a certain profile before it's cooked, and then you cook it down, and it has a different. Oh, profile. and it's completely different. It has flavor, a different yes. mouthfeel and everything else. So this doesn't taste like an onion. I was just. Uh, I just <laughs> thought that'd be funny and uh, throw it in there. Somewhere the Breckenridge guys went. Oh, <laughs> what? What? <is> that? what? <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Breckenridge. Hashtag, hashtag onion. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, but this has such a different mouthfeel, uh, but it's such a great beer. You get that vanilla profile, but just super silky smooth. Uh, uh, drinkability to it. Silky as well. is a yeah. great way to describe Very it. Much. It's almost like it's almost like chocolate milk, but they took the chocolate flavor out and replaced it with vanilla. Chocolate mousse, you know, or chocolate mousse. Yeah, chocolate yeah, mousse, yeah, you know absolutely. the way that the way that has does. that sort yeah. of yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, I think it's really good and probably more drinkable than I would have expected. I mean, yeah. it's it's as drinkable as a Guinness. Yes. You know what I mean when yes. I say that? And so, if you compare this to their their regular one uh, with uh, CO two bubbles, which are bigger bubbles. Um, then what you end up with is this gives you you taste a little more of the chocolate and some of the darker flavors because the CO two bubbles have kind of a brighter feel to right, it, you know. Right. Which is CO two bubbles are what you normally have in beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Ian, I hope you're ready because in the next segment we're going to taste four pumpkin beers as okay. we get ready for Thanksgiving. Challenge so, accepted. All right, you're listening to Smoking and Toasting, and we'll be back with it's the great pumpkin beer, Charlie Brown. Stand by. Mexico. Welcome back to uh, the Smoking and Toasting radio program at show number 66. It's the great pumpkin beer, Charlie Brown. And we're about to uh, charge into the pumpkin beers. But first, I just wanted to mention, Ian, the, uh, the subtle hint that I dropped earlier about the Christmas present that I was hoping that you would buy me, the $7,500 bottle of Patron. Uh, it's a, uh, it's, you know, a pretty interesting dude. They're, they're uh, Patron is teaming up with Lalique, uh, and the Lalique Crystal Decanter is part of the package. So, you know, I'm sure that is where part of that price That makes it taste comes better. From. And there's only 299 of them. Ah. So it's extremely limited. But it's a, it's a very avant-garde decanter, they say, and uh, the new design is more angular. And in the meantime, they created an exclusive extra Añejo for the addition, combining tequilas aged in American oak, French oak, and Spanish sherry casks. The average age is seven years, but they chose some of their oldest barrels for this. They say they really believe it'll be even better than the first edition. This is the second year they've done this. So, <clears throat> so just you know, giving you the information because I want you to be an informed consumer. Noted. When you go to you know make they have that. a list of places where you can get it. Uh, I don't have it, but I, I I will find that out for you. Okay, I'm gonna do uh, uh I'm gonna I'm gonna download the where to find a seventy five hundred dollar tequila app. That's <laughs> what I will do, and I'm sure that that's uh, it's probably I'm banned sure that's on app okay. store. All right, so Thanksgiving is next week. Uh, I am uh, excited about getting family together, eating a little uh, turkey and pumpkin pie, and maybe drinking some pumpkin ale in addition to Lone Pint Yellow Rose, which is what I'll be serving at the holiday. Well, I uh, remember. Uh, I remember. I said earlier I'm eschewing the pumpkin ale this year for the. Uh, 
malt liquor. That's right. I founders. understand that. So anyway, today to though we're going to we're going to sample the pumpkin ales, and uh, we have four of them here that I think are a good sort of cross section. And we've done a few pumpkin ales in the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks, but uh, but where are we going to start, Ian? What should we do first? Well, we just did a nitro beer, and you have a nitro pumpkin ale here mm-hmm. from Wasatch. Yeah, and it's not in the tall can; it's in a regular twelve ounce can. Mm-hmm. It says nitro. Pour like you mean it. Pour like so you mean it. So we're going to go ahead and uh, open this one, I think. All right. So we'll go two nitros in a row here. Yep. We'll Wasatch go is uh, from Utah, I believe, from the Salt Lake City area, if I'm not mistaken. And when they say pour like you mean it, the way you do that is you just dump it in the glass. Mm-hmm. And you let it pour over that nitro thingy majingy. Yep. What do you call that thing again? That's uh, nitro ball thingy majingy. Maybe thingy majingy. Uh-huh. Works for me. That's okay. the canooter valve. The Canuder valve, yeah. I like it, the Gazinda and the Gazada. The Gazinda. The Gazinda this, uh, this plug and Gazada that plug. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the way I like it. So, Well, right away, it smells like pumpkin. <coughs> and that's to be expected, I yep. guess, for all of these. And this but smells this very traditional pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pumpkin and pumpkin spices. And I will say, this, unlike some of the other pumpkin beers, is not sweet. No, and it's more spice, pumpkin spice. Like, mm-hmm. like from a little far away, I smelled that traditional pumpkin pie. But as soon as I really put it to my nose to take a sip, it was pumpkin spice more than the pumpkin itself. I agree. And it doesn't have the sweetness of pumpkin pie. Now, one of the ones we're going to do is more of a pumpkin latte. And I'm betting that one will be very creamy and sweet right. compared to this. But, uh, but this is more if you want that straight-ahead pumpkin vibe. This is a lot lighter than I assumed it was going to be from a pumpkin beer too from a nitro pumpkin yeah beer, from yeah. a nitro pumpkin it's got that silky kind of smoothness but it's kind of a lighter beer overall mm. i do find it enjoyable um you know pumpkin pumpkin beer to me is not something i'm going to drink a whole bunch of in one sitting so it's something you do just for an interesting taste and then you move on to something else but uh but that's pretty good see for me pumpkin beer for the most part is i'll split one with you Oh, okay, gotcha. You know, I understand. Like, well, let's let's try it. You know, that's why this works for us. Moving here. on to pumpkin latte from Cuvée, uh, brewed and canned in Martin. Oh, sorry, Cuvée pumpkin latte brewed yes. and canned in Martin House Brewing Company, Fort Worth. I've actually been to that brewery. Oh yeah, very good. They have a four a.m. breakfast uh, beer that's just amazingly nice, good. Nice. Amazingly they have good. some other good beers that I've tried. So mm-hmm. this will be very interesting. A pumpkin so. a Cuvée pumpkin latte. The Cuvée pumpkin latte. Let's see what happens with this. See, this is almost exactly the same color as the last one, it's too. It's very close. Yeah, I'm just putting it it's right a there. That's slight amount less red. Mm-hmm. Totally right. So, it smells good. Well, uh, and it should. This one should be, I'm expecting to be sweeter and creamier. Mm-hmm. And it does live up to that, at least on the nose. Let's see how it tastes. Oh, that latte. You get that coffee right off the Oh, right off yeah. The you know what? I really, I, I don't know if I was thinking it through, because this is... Definitely a coffee beer. Oh, it's just like it's, it's a, like coffee beer with pumpkin with it's a delicious. little taste of pumpkin. Yeah, it actually it's actually is quite good. Like this is drink. I would drink this on its own. Of course, of course, I love like uh, every year is a waiting period before the uh, real ale coffee porter comes out. Like I right, love right. some of the coffee mm-hmm. porters. Oh yes, yes. This is not a porter. Really this is um, this is an ale, but it's uh, quite good. It really is, and this may be the most unusual pumpkin beer I've had. Yeah, we had one last year that tasted like the crust, not the pie. That was I also quite that. good. That was also quite good. Yes. This is really good. Like you I really keep like that, that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. This the pumpkin latte from Martin House. Martin House Brewing latte. Company, Cuvée, C U V E E, Cuvée Pumpkin I'm Latte. I'm gonna save Dogfish Head for the end because it's usually gonna be a bigger beer from Dogfish Head. Mm-hmm. 
So we're going right to Voodoo Ranger Special Release Atomic Pumpkin. And Voodoo Ranger is... Uh, it's a new a, Belgium. It's a new Belgium. New Belgium has a whole Voodoo Ranger line. They are yes. mostly IPAs. Yes. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what and this is And I will like. say, uh, uh, New Belgium's gotten pretty big. I love their beers in general. I'm just like, going to say... They're so good. Fat tire, when you get it nice and fresh, is unreal. So let me just say this. If you're a cigar smoker and you're in the... Very early phase of trying to pair cigars and beers, Fat Tire. Fat Tire is beautiful. Fat Tire pairs with so many mm-hmm. different cigars, and Fat Tire has this tiny little chocolate aftertaste that A biscuity marries, chocolate. Yes, yes, yes. That marries with so many of yeah. the sort of earthy Maduro kind of cigar mm-hmm. flavors that's that composes a lot of the cigars that I smoke and, and it works and really also well. 1554 mm-hmm. their black lager mm-hmm. is so good I've had like, that it's so unusual terrific. and so good and it's actually uh, reputedly from a reputedly from a, uh, a recipe from 1554 well and they have the Ranger IBA and then they have the whole voodoo Ranger line right. which is a that's their slightly more extreme versions, I guess, uh, usually of their IPAs. I think so. But they're, and they're always sessionable. They always come in at a nice mm-hmm. sessionable ABV, too. Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see what the uh, Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin winds up being Let's like. Let's see Again, what happens. It, it has the, see, from a marketing standpoint, it has Our colors are of, getting one level yeah. lighter, each <laughs> one so far. From a marketing standpoint, though, you were expecting this to be kind of big and in your face. Right. Because it's Atomic Ranger. It's Voodoo. Atomic, right. So mm. let's see what happens. You just did initial research. Fascinating. Fascinating. It tastes nothing like the other pumpkin beers we've had. You really got to stick your nose into it to and get yet, uh, to get the uh, yeah, smell. Yeah, you can almost snort it like I did with the whiskey if you're uh, the whiskey if you're snort, so yeah. inclined. Yes, um, it tastes nothing like the other pumpkin beers, and yet still tastes like pumpkin. This has a little bit of pumpkin, but it has all that baking spice and graham cracker. Mm-hmm. That's what you're tasting. It's oh. also got a little Apparently, more bite to I've it. I've got a leaky cup. You may in. have a leaky cup. Yeah. <laughs> Let me fix this. Six days in a leaky boat. Um, oh, that's a good. That's always a good way to fix the leaky. Yeah, cup. yeah. Crack right down the middle of the cup there. So I don't know, Ian. As much as I appreciate this, I don't know if I would want to drink more than one of these ever. Um, I like this uh, better than I think the Wasatch. Differently than I like the punk. I, see, I like this. The spice in this is fun. Mm-hmm. It's almost a spicy beer. Like it leaves. It really is. It's almost like a spicy beer in that sort of like jalapeno spice way. Right. Like it's it got, leaves that. It leaves a lingering that hot spice. Pepper f- and uh, spice and I usually don't like jalapeno style spice. I beers, usually but don't This either. is pretty good. And you know when you shoot a glass of it, it's actually okay too. <laughs> <laughs> well, with just a couple Wasn't of minutes to left. Do that, but. With just a couple of minutes left, let's try this final. The dogfish uh, head. Pumpkin the dogfish ale. head. This is just the dogfish head pumpkin ale. Yep, straight up. These guys. And dogfish head is usually pretty extreme. Yes. Ah, uh, we've gone back to a slightly darker. No. Not too much though. Maybe so, back one shade, you know. Right. <laughs> so I'm still on the tongue. This one I can smell right effect. off that. I'm getting the lingering effect of the sort of pepper. A little spicy, yeah, yeah. A little, little, last one, yeah. A little of that. Fascinating. All right. More like a green pepper though, not like a peppery pepper. Like a right. More pepper, like a yeah. Like green, like green peppercorn is what I mean. Not like green mm-hmm. bell pepper, like right. green peppercorn right. kind of thing. Right, not the mild peppers, but there's something a little right. Mm. Wow, I'm for it. <laughs> this is what I expect a pumpkin ale to yes. taste like. It's just that straight ahead pumpkin flavor, but 
It's got that beer mouthfeel to it, and it's just plus. We put this in the freezer actually because it was warm uh, when you first got here, and uh, now it's nice and cold. It's and very I'm cold. Really, yes. I'm really enjoying the coldness with the pumpkin. <laughs> it's really, really, really. really I'd be good. interested to see uh, how this tastes in a, in about five minutes when it warms up a little bit mm. too. That'd be. Kind I of think I think I'm just enjoying it cold. I love the flavors of the the pumpkin spice in here. It's, this has a very beer flavor. It, you know, what I was just about to say is, it doesn't taste like they went out and said, "Okay, here's a pumpkiny thing." Right. It tastes. It tastes like they took a really good beer and just added a little pumpkin. Added flavor a kiss of pumpkin to it because it. right. it's not real sticky sweet either. It's got a little mm-hmm. sweetness to it, a little pumpkin spice and a little sweetness, but but mostly it's good beer. It's not over the top pumpkin goes it, yeah. in the way that some. Uh, Pumpkins are where you where you get like the nitro pumpkin, which I which I really like the Wasatch, but it is boom. That pumpkin. is pumpkin right yeah. there in your face. Right. Whereas this is like you said, it's more like a good ale, yeah, with a little lingering pumpkin flavor on the backside. Good so, job, Dogfish Head. Well, again, those guys are just uh, really <laughs> terrific, and we're gonna have to work on trying to get somebody from Dogfish Head on the show. Okay, next show. Should be posted uh, sometime Saturday. Ian and I uh, and Adam on the Wheels of Steel will be in Las Vegas, and we will be getting ready uh, for the Big Smoke Las Vegas, and we're really, really excited about it. Plus, I'm anxious to see if we can track down some Las Vegas local beers Yeah, and uh, and really enjoy doing a uh, Vegas-oriented show. This is our first experiment at taking the show on the road, so I'm really excited about it. So. Uh, thank you for listening to Smoking and Toasting, show number 66. Coming up on 67, The Big Smoke Las Vegas. Have a great week. Oh, ran out of time for the Mumford & Sons IPA. We'll have to Next get time. back to that Next after time. Vegas. Have a great week, my friend, and uh, cheers. Cheers, sir. <laughs> <laughs>